Yeah, Blake, I want to talk about sentiment. We always bring this one up, or we, we often bring this one up around. Uh, I mean, I think what we've seen is this situation now where yeah, the ECB, the Bank of England, have moved to a sort of more data-dependent mode. We've heard, you know, Left, right, and centre from Powell, Koshkari, and all these different, you know, John Williams and the Fed, Fed officials. But really, the market's sort of making up their own mind that, 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 that central banks are now being dictated to by the data. Uh, and so, as a result, we're kind of seeing this kind of choppy price action in the dollar. We're seeing you know, the, the Nasdaq and you know, had, a, had a, a big fall last night. You know, certainly Alphabet's a big one there. It seems that they're barred uh, product. They're the, the AI situation is, is, is disappointed. What an awful name! What an awful name! They got what, 150,000 employees at, uh, um, you know, over at Alphabet, and they come up with a name like Bard. I mean, come on, anyway. But yeah, the stock was down about eight um, percent. But we've got these kind of holding patterns coming through. It's really the CPI number that, that people are driving. People don't want to put on too much risk ahead of that situation. So yeah, how are you reading sentiment? We've got the VIX sub twenty percent. You've got that 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 sort of range trade that seems to be taking place in the S&P, yeah, 4,200 uh, down into 4,100 at the moment, just below there. Seems to have established a bit of a range. You've got the dollar into 103.50, but it just really doesn't want to break through that. You know, gold trading sideways. How are you seeing it now? Is is there is Are you seeing the skew in risk to the downside or are you seeing it to the upside right now? Well, I, I think the skew is to the downside. I, I do think it is because I, I, I mean, we're, I know we're going to talk about data here in a moment. And so your and body's telling you risk goes lower, right? Your heart's telling you, <laughs> but my mind is telling me otherwise. Um, you know, the thing, but the thing is, is I, I believe that asset managers want to be bullish. I think technicians that have been short have like reevaluated, reevaluated their positions at this point, and I think people just want to be long. They want, but they need the green light, and and um. But I think, you know, people are not willing or not not afraid to pull the plug at this stage. So we are in the standstill and we are going to be in the standstill probably ahead of next Tuesday's data. But I, I'm going mean, to take a different side of that, mate, because okay. I think asset managers want to be short risk right now. You know, the fair value on, on the S&Ps, if you're looking at a liquidity framework or if you even look at the equity risk premium in, in, in the S&P, for example, it's the lowest equity risk premium we've had since 2007. I think they want to I, I think they want to de-risk, to be honest. I think they actually want to de-risk. But the problem is, is the market keeps going up. I know we're, we talk about this range at the moment, but the market kept going up on junk. It was bad quality. You know, it was short interest stocks that really dominated and and and, and pushed this up. And and so, but they had to be involved. This this fear of of meaningfully underperforming FUMU, they had to be going in, and they didn't want to do it. I think they want the market to come back down to a more fair value level rather than chase where they are at the moment. How, how do you feel about that? Well, I, I get what I get exactly what you're saying, but the you 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 spelled it out correctly, FOMU. You know, Finally. people have to be involved. You have yeah. to be involved. FUMU, FUMU, FOMU. FOMU. Anyway, they have to be involved. And I think people are willing, asset managers are willing to chase the market higher if they have to. Well, you've got JP Morgan, Goldman Sachs, Morgan Stanley, Mike Wilson, all coming out of notes over the last seven days, all saying that the market's going to revisit you know, recent lows. The skew of risk is the downside. We, we as traders, all that, all that matters, all that matters, Blake, is price. We're a slave right. to price. You know, you can come out with these thesis but we're a slave to price, and, and at the moment, yeah, we'll react when price deteriorates and volatility picks up a little bit more. There. Well, volatility is going to pick up with our next topic, which we're going to talk about the CPI. So, Chris, what do you think? Is it going to be hot or not? I mean, you know, the the U.S. and and the rest of the world is is greatly and highly anticipating next week's numbers. Ah, oh, so and absolutely, um, you know, they they are. I mean, it, this is like I believe nothing this else is matters. Nothing else in. matters. 
Nothing else matters. Puts us in this Mexican standoff, you know, where, you know, you got all the gunslingers. They're going right. Everybody's pointing a gun at each other, shorts and longs, trying to figure out, are we going to press it or are we not? And my everybody expects that that inflation is going to continue to come down. But you look you you look around and and you look at like the what what we just saw in employment with non-farm payroll. I'm not so sure that employment or excuse me that inflation is going to come down. What what's your take on CPI? Well, let me, let me ask you a week. question. And we always do this, yeah. right? So if you look at where the market's kind of positioned at the moment, headlines expected to drop from six and a half to six point two percent, so dropping thirty yeah. basis points. Tr- uh, the, the core number, which is probably the, the the more important one, is expected to drop from five point seven to five point five percent. So I ask you now, where is the pain trade? Where do you get the bigger move? If we were to see uh, in, in risk. So if you know, if we were to see you know, below expectations, are you going to see a bigger rally than we would see de-risking on an upside surprise? Uh, where's the pain trade there? I still think the pain trade's higher. Yeah. And I know you're going to disagree with me, but I think the pain trade's higher, Chris. No, but what I, I mean think- is, is that if, do we see a bigger move in markets? Yeah. That de-risking, yeah. if we would see uh, an upside surprise... So you think that if, if we get if we get a below consensus print on core that there's going to be a bigger upside move in equities, the dollar's going to come off than if we were to see uh, an above consensus move there. I I think so, and I think what's going to happen is you're going to have people buying right into that weakness. If we see stocks de-risk, you're going to see people step right into it, yeah. and I think any rally is going to be is going to be thwarted uh, with the dollar. So yeah. that that's how I that's how I feel right now, at least based on where the market's at, where the market's currently at technically yeah. too. And we're going to talk about the technicals here in a bit, but yeah, right. I, I get what you're asking. And I still think the pain trade for the market is higher. Yeah. As you, you say, people want to, people want to, I don't know if I, I mean, I don't, I don't disagree with you that the thesis here is that the market is, 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 is firmly of the belief that inflation's coming down. It might not get to target this year. It might be you know something that comes out next year. And so that, You've got this idea that if we were to see um, you know, core inflation below 5.5%, 5.4 below, then that thesis is validated and it gives green lights for investment managers to put more risk on and position gets more long. And and, you, and that's where you're going with this. And I agree with that. Yeah. The concern I've got is if, if that narrative and that consensus view is challenged and therefore that would be a higher CPI number. Um, and then that view, you know, when consensus is challenged, that's when you get volatility. So I think, you know, where is that consensus challenge? Well, if you've got a core number above 5, 5.7% or above, then that consensus view is challenged. I think the dollar goes on a rip-roaring rally. We're going to see real rates moving up. Um, and that would probably, therefore, you know, open up the debate that, do we get a 50 basis point hike at the next Fed meeting? So, you know, that that's where yeah. it is. So a low inflation number validates the stance of the current pricing. Everything's happy. Yeah, you know, we can live on, live a happy life. But it's where that consensus is challenged where I think you could get major volatility. And and I that's why I really, really and I know we need to move move along, but that's why I really, really hope we get a number that is in line with expectations, you know, or or even slightly higher. Cause I yeah. want us to have an opportunity yep. to sell dollars higher. I want an opportunity to buy stocks a little well, bit. Well, let's go lower. into the rates pricing, Blake. So yeah, it just sort of feeds quite nicely into that. So if I go into um yeah, Fed funds futures or swaps pricing at the moment. Yeah, the next Fed meeting is on the twenty second of March. Okay, so what we're looking at is a situation where we've got twenty six basis points of hikes being priced in for that meeting. Um, so yeah, the market's saying right now we can yeah a twenty five basis point hike is a done deal there. Um, yeah. 
So what kind of inflation number brings a 50 basis point hike into into the scenario, which, of course, if that was the, the situation, then obviously dollar yen is going to rally significantly. You're going to get gold prices lower. You're going to get the Nasdaq under a bit of pressure. It doesn't take Alphabet coming out with poor um, you know, issues going with their AI system to, to, to do that. But, you know, we have seen some good leadership in tech. Yeah, that's obviously come undone a little bit there. So we know there's volatility. But what is the sort of numbers we're looking at? You know, I don't think we're ever going to get a situation where a full 50 basis point is going to be priced in um, just because of this CPI print. Um, but you could see a situation where that 26 basis points goes to, say, 35 uh, basis points. So it opens the door to, to to a 50 basis point hike. So, yeah, that, that's, the, that's the issue. So we've got 26 priced in. We've got terminal pricing at about 5.15 at the moment. That's the highest point. Um, you know, how do you how do you see those rates pricing uh, being affected by the CPI print, which is obviously going to have a big flow on effect to sort of more generic asset classes that retail traders look at? Well, you know, I think a lot of the repricing happened after non-farm payroll, right? So, you know, anybody who was expecting, you know, a bigger rate, uh, a, 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 you know, rate hikes to just kind of be steady after quarter 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 point hike, that was kind of thwarted after this Friday, uh, this last this last super strong uh, jobs report. Now, I, I think we're going to have to see inflation really come in, kind of near last month's prints uh, in order to to uh, to to raise those expectations again. Is that what you're asking me? Yeah, no, I think you're right. Yeah, you, you, you bang on there. I mean, I was going to say, if we were to see a core CPI number at 5.8%, which is actually a little bit of a tick higher, that would be yeah. a shock to the Fed. And they would go, hang on a sec. It was supposed to come down. Yeah, we've seen three months in a row now with lower inflation prints. Yeah, this was not supposed to happen. Obviously, we're looking at the you know, the, the elements of the basket that, that have made that. But I think, you know, if we were to see five point eight percent, which is a tick up from last month, then that would be a big shock. And then, yeah, this twenty six basis points would probably go to around thirty thirty five, and it would be open. Yeah. And then, obviously, we can have another payrolls number before that point as well. Which, again, if that was super 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 hot, seems like everyone in America is getting two jobs at the moment. You know, I think you're the only one who who doesn't have five jobs based on that last non farm poll print. <laughs> Maybe but I think- you have a work behind the scenes at Forex Analytics. Like, I kind of actually have a few jobs. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, but look, I mean, I think that's that. That's it. I mean, I, I think it's, there's the chance of a 50 basis point hike in, in March is, is is very, very high. The bar to get there is high. But it doesn't mean the market's not going to price an element of, of, of that being a risk. Um, so I think, yeah, 5.8 would be my threshold to see um, that about 35 basis points being priced in. Conversely, you know, if we were to see it, say, 5.3, 5.2, which would be a big, big surprise, you know, do we see people saying, well, yeah, that terminal pricing is just far too high at five fifteen. So, yeah, I think this CPI number is 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 going to be a big deal, um, and the volatility, the implied volatility across asset class for that meeting, uh, for that event, for that specific day, is very very high. So the market is expecting fireworks on CPI there. So it's an interesting one. All right. Well, that is going to. I mean, it's going to be a huge one. Um, and and what's going to be most affected in the in 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 the markets, in my view, is going to be our next topic is going to be the dollar because. The dollar, in my opinion, is very much at a do or die level. Technically, yeah. we're going to talk about it here in a few moments. We're going to talk about you know what the dollar actually looks like to yeah. me from a from a technical b- viewpoint. But you know, so many people are, are so quick to call the death of the dollar uh, this year. They think that the dollar is going a lot lower. I, I've, I've heard I've heard some analysts talking about one thirty euro this year. I know it's crazy, but that's what I've heard. And so, you know, this is really like the do or die 
uh, level for the dollar and the dollar index, uh, you know, as it is. I mean, if you believe that inflation is going to con continue to come down and you, you think that we are stepping into a global recession, even though that, you know, the U.S. continues to create, uh, you know, a lot more jobs than expectations and the, the, the economy seems somewhat, you know, sustaining right now. Um, are you going to be you know, are you going to be wrong here if the dollar breaks out to the upside? Or is this like the, you know, a perfect healthy pullback to, you know, get the euro back below parity and the dollar index, you know, higher again to maybe even challenge what we saw last year? What are your thoughts about where the dollar's at? Because I think it's a big, huge debate right now. And it is going to be influenced by next week's number, of course. Yeah, it will. But yeah. I think the dollar is at a do or die spot. Well, the reasons for the Euro rally are, uh, you know, have been touted millions of times. There's no point in revisiting a lot of those situations. But I think for the dollar to, to rally another 5 10% from here, we are going to need to see the US exceptionalism story uh, you know, regroup again. I, I find that hard to believe that that's going to be the case. Um, so we'd need global growth to really come under pressure again and roll over. We'd probably need to see the Chinese reopening uh, story become a little bit more problematic and a few concerns around how that's all looking. Um, but yeah, for the dollar to get a one-way, and, and I'm talking about a trending environment for traders to trade, uh, we need to see the dollar exceptional story uh, ramp up. And I think you'd probably need to see yeah, equity markets really head lower and, and, and using the dollar there with its negative correlation to become you know, the, the, the asset class of choice to hedge out that exposure. Um, and I don't see any of those situations happening. So I, you know, while I do see upside, I can make a case for upside risks in the dollar, certainly if CPI comes out hotter. Um, I'm hesitant to believe we're going to see um, a, a, bull, a new bull trend in the US dollar, uh, maybe on selective currencies, but I think we need to see. The checklist isn't there there for me at the moment. What are you thinking? You know, um, I, I had an inter I, I interviewed somebody who, I, his name's Ken Morrison, Morrison on the markets. He's, he's a longtime commodities trader since the 70s, and I have so much respect for him. And he brought a really great chart called the, the BDI, the Baltic Dry Index. Yeah. Take a look at that chart. Pull it up. Uh, when you get an opportunity, pull it up and that might tell you a little bit different story about the way the market views the China reopening story. And I, I think it's a really fascinating chart that does, you know, kind of tell a story there, which would be very supportive of the dollar, by the well, way. Well, I've looked at the Baltic Dry, and I know there's probably viewers out there who, who who look at it quite religiously, but I think it's given us so many false signals over the years that it's uh, it's um, it's a tough one. But, but I like haven't this. listened to your I haven't listened to your interview, so I'd I'd be interested to hear what Mr. Morrison has to say. But let's go into some of these charts. I'm really really keen to to see your one on the dollar there. So let's bring up that's a setup. I want to bring up the US 500 or the S&P. Yeah, I could have brought the, the Nasdaq up because that's generally we're seeing the bulk of our flow at the moment. Everyone loves a market that's moving. The high beta plays are always going to attract the day traders and the short-term traders. Um, but yeah, look, I mean, obviously we've got the US 500 here. You know, you saw, you saw a break of the downtrend. You've, you're actually seeing price trending higher at the moment. But we do seem to have come into a bit of resistance in around 41.80. And as you can see last five days or so the the bulls have really struggled to push this one above that 4180 level I thought you know if we get if we could get a move there then it opens up you know a nice move up into 43 4300 which is that black horizontal uh, resistance level that you can see up there and I thought that would have been the place we'd look for for better shorting opportunities we're in this kind of holding pattern at this point um, and it's kind of dictating a lot of flows if we were to see that break out I think you're probably going to see the dollar under a bit of pressure if it you know if we see it roll over and head back to trend you know former trend support you know the dollar 
was probably going to rally. But a lot of that move that we've seen throughout this year has been on very, very low quality junk stocks. It's been very short interest uh, driven markets. You know, tech had a good gain yesterday, but you know, generally speaking, it's been very low quality on the way up there. So we're in this holding pattern, uh, and uh, yeah, this is a setup, isn't it? So you want to you want to trade the break. Which way does it go, Blake? You know, well, it's a great question because last week uh, we closed with a false breakout above that uh, the 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 old horizontal resistance that come in that was like the December highs. But you know, here we are today, or yes, excuse me, yesterday we were perched just above that. But one thing about price here is Chris, and you know, we as traders we're we're, we're slaves to price. Slave to price. The pullbacks have been very minor, and yeah. the very shallow. And I, you know, always have that saying in the back of my mind. You know it. You know, uh, the markets can stay irrational longer than you can stay solvent. So, yeah. you know, the markets continue. You, did, to, you didn't. To, you didn't coin that phrase, by the way. That was. Of course, uh, I did not. No, Mr. we've B. all heard that before. <laughs> that that we have. Not, that's a that's Blake's an old um, out of plagiarism here. <laughs> no, 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 no. I like I said, you've heard it before, not, but not for me. Always. Well, you've heard it from me, but anyway. The markets are well bid here, and I think that 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 while we're above like forty, you know, forty one hundred, we still got to continue to look higher towards forty three hundred. I think, even though it's junk, Chris, it is junk. But yeah, I mean, I'm waiting for the moving average crossover just to to get like get out of the trade. But yeah, I mean, look, you, we, when this range breaks. Um, that, uh, you know, I'll be respecting it. For now, I think you know, this is one where you can take it into a much lower time frame. Um, and you know, market environment is so key for day traders and short-term traders that you know, if we're in this kind of sideways choppy trading pattern, you can take it into much lower time frames and trade mean reversion within that. So you can bring up a VWAP or something like that and uh, trade mean reversion within 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 this range that we seem to have established until it breaks out. That's the way I'll be looking at that. All right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull up the the chart on gold. That's actually my next setup because this is what we call a bear flag pattern. We had a throw over as we you know we were approaching the the 2000 mark. Uh, we couldn't get above it. We were we were trading well above that channel. You can see that that uh, highlighted area, and we got a throw over. So we dip oh, back into the channel, and now we have this bearish consolidation. I want you to take a really good look at those candles of the last three days on gold spot. Those are those are pin bars and pin bars show lack of enthusiasm to the upside. So they're developing what we call a bear flag pattern. And a breakdown would take us below that channel and that's what usually false breakouts or throwover patterns do. It'll lead us down to the uh, the 50% retracement previous highs back in November uh the 15th of November would take us back around 1790. And I think gold's kind of waving the white flag here. Like, I give up. What, what are your thoughts here on gold? It's a setup. That's what you do, Blake. I mean, you bring out the charts time and time again. And this is this is a great one. I mean, this is music to a lot of people's ears at the moment. I mean, certainly the, the skew of our clients is, is short uh, gold at the moment. Only just, but it's, uh, yeah, they are expecting a bit of downside. Um, but yeah, again, yeah, this comes down to what happens in, in the dollar. Um, you know, you've got five-year real rates, which are you know, five-year treasuries adjusted for five-year inflation expectations, effectively, the real returns there. They're trading at 1.32%, 132. Uh, we're sort of stuck in this range of 150, 111. Um, so if real rates were to move up and, and the dollar was to rally, then you know, you've got your target and that, and that, that, that setup breaks the downside, in my opinion. Um, and that's what it's going to be looking at. But yeah, for people it's out there, who, who, those people out there who are not looking, you know, at these cross-asset um, influences, you know, just look at price. I mean, just keep it simple. And and when it when it breaks to that, you know, these bear flag patterns, 
you know, especially when you see such a, a pronounced sell-off coming through consolidation, when they break to the downside, they can be very powerful indeed. So I love this setup, and you know, this is a what we yeah we call a, a high conviction setup. But you've got to wait for the market to reveal itself. Wait for the wait wait for that 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 upper trend to break. Um, you know, I'll go along for that. I'll be shorting gold, but wait, wait to the market to, to push you into that situation. And talking about waiting for a market to, to push you into a situation, um, let's have a bring up, a bring up Ethereum um, because look, we're knocking on that ceiling, bang, 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 time and time again. I know there's a kind of a rule in breakouts that it has to happen after say three different attempts, but we've seen you know so many different uh, attempts to try and break through this horizontal resistance levels that you've seen there, and it just feels like it wants to do it. The question you've got, obviously, is, is trading breakouts. You know, so many of them fail, um, but when they do get it, you've got to stay in the position, which is kind of why I like to use mechanical stops. You know, three-day crossing over the eight-day, or you know, waiting for price to close back below on a daily basis below the five-day exponential moving average. Um, but you know, when this goes, it could be very powerful. You know, you can see those Bollinger bands are contracting. You know, that volatility is is narrowing. Um, but again, this is not. If you buy now, it's very, very aggressive indeed, because you know this will get affected by the dollar and, and CPI next week. But when the market reveals itself, then I'm in. And so, whilst you know we can take a negative view on gold if that breaks, for me, if this does break and close, it could be a very powerful force for Ethereum. What do you think? Oh well, I think you know, I think we talked about this last week, and I believe it's you know like most of these other markets, Chris, it's just consolidating, but it's consolidating gains. And it's not pulling back, so that means it's not getting shorts a, 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 an opportunity to exit. It's not giving longs an opportunity to buy. It's just holding up here. So I'm with you. I, I couldn't agree with you more as far as you, you got. Once you get the breakout, you got to let the breakout take hold, and you got to you know try to trade it mechanically uh, and just kind of move your stops along the way. Uh, but it's holding up. And like any setup, Chris, you, you're kind of waiting for the whites of their eyes. When you see the whites of their eyes, that's when you shoot. That's plagiarism right there that Blake's doing. And I've done it now <laughs> twice today. So uh, <laughs> Free strikes, bro. Free strikes. Um, I just want to just touch this. Whatever you want to call me. I'm, 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 I'm going to overrun and I can hear my producer screaming in my ear. <laughs> but um, but, yeah, but I, I think that, I the, like the, the idea that especially- the mechanical stop thing, I think is really important. Yeah, when you get a breakout and it and it goes, the the emotion to take profits too early is just so so important. You know, you've got to get as much juice out of that trade, and that's why I love using you know, moving averages. Yeah, find they're a lagging indicator and don't chastise them. Price is price, but you know, just using a moving average system or you know using a an ATR uh, trailing stop keeps you in the trade when the emotion and your body is telling you to get out of the trade. So I really like that idea. When when breakouts go, they can fail so often, which is why, you know, this idea of winning every time is wrong in trading. You're going to be wrong a lot, especially in breakout trading. You've got to accept that. But when you when when it goes, you've just got to capture the move. And if it really goes, you've got to be in it to win it. Um, and that's why I like these mechanical stops because they keep you in the trade without and, and remove all the emotion that comes with saying that you've got to be right. Anyway, I'm getting I'm getting wrapped on the knuckle here, so let's move on. Let's take a look at the dollar next because you know I I, I mentioned Chris uh, with the dollar I have breakout points and and I think they're very clear in the dollar. So uh, and obviously we're going to be looking to see if we get a move ahead of CPI, which is possible, especially when you're in such a tight range. But take a look at that channel. That channel has really been in existence since November. We're challenging the upper end of it, and that comes in at 104 on the dollar index. 103.80, really. It's like 103.85. If we break above 104, though, that's a bullish breakout, and you've got to respect it, especially if you've been a dollar bear. 
The other, the flip side of that is, is the 103 level to back to the downside. That's where you have to re just assume the dollar is going to resume its downtrend. We're going, we're dipping back below a big broken trend line that, which is that big or it's the ascending black trend line that you see through, through there. That's at 103. So below 103, you have to be bearish. Above 103.85, 104, you're bullish. Those are my breakout points. What are your thoughts here on the dollar index? Yeah, I like it. I like I like, like having that definition um, and and you know using the momentum to to guide a bias. I think it's a really good one. Uh, it does feel like a, you know this this looks almost like it's being driven by dollar yen. You know that that's a very similar setup to dollar yen that that, that that recently broke out of this channel. And obviously we've got our all eyes on on the Japanese yen because this you know tomorrow and I'm, we're saying this on on Thursday Australian time at the moment. But yeah, tomorrow we're expecting a new governor to be announced. I'm a yeah, I think we could all come out with a different uh, you know, saying to that. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. so, so Amamir is supposed to get the gig and, and some people are saying, you know, if, if, if that's confirmed, then, then we could see the yen weaken. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, this looks like it's a very similar setup to, to, to dollar yen. Um, and, and that's one to keep on the radar. But yeah, I love I love the idea of using levels um, when it breaks to show just yeah you know, there's the a momentum and, and a trend growing. Um, and I think that they are, I think you, you bring up some good points there. So uh, yeah, one to keep on the radar. But the dollar for me is so important for you know if you're using a liquidity framework and and, and you're using balance sheet frameworks or anything that's a bit more sophisticated. Yeah, you know, the dollar has really big implications for, for for that liquidity element there. So the dollar, for me, is, is, is central to everything that's going on along with rates. Uh, anyway, so let's go to play of the day. Let's, uh, let's see what's front and centre on our minds today. Yeah, I brought up uh, Sterling CAD. I really like this one because uh, my, uh, my my man Michael Brown at, uh, at Trader X really wants to go and see Celine Dion uh, in concert later this year, and so obviously his Sterling is uh, is going to get a bit weaker if my my trade idea comes out. So what I've got on the left, it's not a particularly pretty way of him imposing this, but I've looked at the rates pricing in, in Canada. Right, so you've got yeah the next meeting on on the March on March the eighth um, is one basis points. You know, basically the market's saying that the Bank of Canada are done. Um, the market are pricing pretty much a done deal for the for the pound. Maybe one more rate hike, uh, yeah, in the meeting ahead. But I, I think that that could be misplaced. Now the Bank of Canada have made it pretty clear that that they're waiting for uh, economics to really feed up or rates to play through, and, and they're they're on a pause. But that may change. We've got an employment number this week. We're expecting some good numbers there, and then we get a, another CPI number coming out, um, yeah, before that meeting. Uh, and trim mean or core inflation in Canada has been about 5.3 percent for well for, since for a number of months now. If that comes in hot, um, then I think that market could revisit um, this this pricing situation. And because they've been on pause, I think the markets could say they could actually start the rate hiking cycle. So I'm looking at the Canadian dollar here uh, and the idea of is the market correct with their pause? That CPI number is going to challenge that. You can also see Sterling CAD. At that support level, if it breaks through there, um, I think that could be a really interesting cross to look at there. So I'm waiting for the break there. There's some natural catalysts for the Canadian dollar. Um, I know there's a lot of people out there who probably disagree with the Canadian call because they are on pause. Um, but I think that yeah, if the market challenges that view for a new rate hiking cycle and it breaks through there, you've got a fundamental and technical view which takes the, the you know the sterling down against the Canadian dollar. Well, I like it, Chris. Um, and my my play of the day is going to be the Nikkei. And you know, this is a this is a CFD. I don't I don't trade the Nikkei all that often, but I think it's a great play because if the market truly is going to be leaning lower, and you start to see stocks move lower and risk move lower in general, I think 
the Nikkei is very well defined. It's rolling over from a 78% retracement, a descending trend line that's really been in place since August of last year. And I think the risk is well defined. And as traders, despite what your beliefs are, whether you believe the market's continuing to go higher here or it's going to move lower from here, the thing that we can control as, as traders is our risk. So I know where I'm wrong. You're wrong really above that 78% retracement, above like 20, 27,900, right around there. That's where you know you're wrong. But also you see that 200-day moving average, that comes in right around 27,200. And there's a horizontal support at 20, 27,150, right around there. We break through that 200-day moving average and that horizontal support, it should accelerate lower. I think the setup's there. And if you're a bear, this might be one of those indexes you keep an eye on. Yeah, so if we're, if we're looking at that, that if, the, if, if this our view to short risk comes out, maybe the Nikkei is one to look at. I mean, for me, I've been pushing this kind of long NASDAQ uh, you know, short US 30 trade. I've, I've, I've closed that one now. It's, it's, been, it's been a good performer, but I'm concerned around tech into CPI, so I'm closing that. But if we do think that the, the risk is going to roll over and we're looking at an equity index, for example, as a, as a vehicle to express that, then the Nikkei is looking at the moment more of the vulnerable ones for you there. Yes, it sure is. I agree. Yeah, cool. So we see that happens there. We'd like a bit of volatility to pick up and, uh, you know, obviously a bit of hedging flow to, to push markets a little bit lower. So we'll see that. Anyway, we've talked a lot of, uh, about what's going on in the world today. It's obviously all eyes on CPI next week. Love to get some of your likes. Love to see some of your comments around what you think is the balance of risks around some of the, the factors we've been talking about today. Anyway, we'll see you next week for more of The Trade-Off. 